Welcome to The Everyday Saint, where young Catholics inspire young Catholics as we're all grasping towards heaven while walking on earth as everyday saints. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Eve Rosemary, and let's get started because there's so much goodness to share. So welcome to a slightly unconventional episode of the Everyday Saint podcast. We're here with our lovely usual host, Eve Rosemary, and today I will be interviewing Eve because this wonderful creator has talked to so many of us and our friends and has gotten uh, really to the heart of a lot of our faith stories. Um, And we were talking at the end of last year and we really decided that we wanted a chance for Eve to get to share her story. Um, Eve, besides coming up with this idea for this wonderful podcast, is also a budding wedding company director, (laughs) as well as just an amazing friend. Um, She came into my life last January when Mary, I feel like, put us Mm -hmm. together uh, as roommates, and it was one of the best experiences on the planet. (laughs) She is not only an amazing roommate, but also just such a go-getter, and I'm so excited to kind of dig into this podcast with you. So, welcome the podcast director, Eve. <laughs> Thank you, yeah. Isabel. That was really sweet. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I want to get started by just getting into uh, or getting a sense for your faith story. Um, and we've talked about it personally, but what do you feel like the couple of moments that have defined your faith life and your faith journey? Like, just get into as much of it as you want. <laughs> okay, great. So we have an hour. No, just kidding. <laughs> we have an hour. I don't even need to talk at this point. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, your job is done. You got the easy side. Yeah. No, just kidding. Just kidding. Um, okay, so I grew up being Catholic. Like, I grew up in a family that we went to a Catholic school my whole life. Um, I grew up hearing about God. And even through that, I feel like I never really knew God. Like, God was kind of just someone that I learned about in my theology classes and then didn't get to know outside of those theology classes. Uh, But even as a little girl, I remember just being really receptive to what my theology teachers had to say. Like, I always knew that there was a truth in who God was, and I never questioned his existence. And then... Kind of going throughout my life in high school was really where I had a reversion to the faith and had this realization that God was someone who loves me and is someone who wants a relationship with me and not just someone that I learn about and who's in the sky far away. So I I had a really wonderful sophomore year theology teacher, Miss Westlick, if she's listening to this. Um, She was also my confirmation sponsor because she made such a big difference in my life as a teacher, just being able to see her faith and what she taught. Like, I really knew that what she was teaching us in class was what she was also practicing outside of class. And so she became a really big role model for me in the faith. And so I kind of feel like I got the knowledge that sophomore year of high school and then got the experience of my faith my junior year of high school when I went on the Kairos retreat at my school, which is uh, just like a four-day or three, three or four-day retreat that my school put put on and in that retreat I really was like had this realization that like wait I'm here for a purpose God designed me exactly how I'm supposed to be like put together basically in order Mm -hmm. to serve him best and he's someone that I should strive for every single day and live my life for that's beautiful that's and uh just for those who don't know the Kairos retreat is 
isn't it formatted off of like sharing testimonies at least in part or what was what did that retreat kind of look like or like what about it was able to was able to speak to you do you think oh I oh I can't say okay <laughs> I can't say because part of the Kairos is that you're not is that you're not share. supposed to share okay. a whole lot and especially like the moment I guess well okay I I suppose I can share little bits and pieces without giving it away but mm-hmm. there was one point where we were sitting on the floor and they were playing the Adele song "Make You Feel My Love" and then I remember I don't remember what the exact line was but it was something like there was no mistake in you like I made or I like something along the lines of I made no mistake in you and I love you and I mean I don't know who Adele wrote that for but but for me I was like I wasn't really listening to the song and then all of a sudden that one line was just like I heard it and not I didn't just like hear it with my ears like I felt that line within my heart like like God was yes God was speaking to me uh from there and I think too on that retreat I left with such, like, a zeal for the Lord that I started posting about my faith on TikTok, actually, (laughs) um, which is kind of cringy looking back on now. But at the time, I was really motivated to spread God's word, and I mean, any any form of spreading God's word is a good thing. Mm -hmm. And so I started looking for God in my everyday life because of that, like, looking for content because I knew I had to put out content, so I started looking for God in my everyday life. And then I started growing in my relationship with the Lord because I felt like if I am meant to be sharing it, then I should be working on it interiorly as well. Mm -hmm. So did anything about your life in high school, like maybe friends or just like how you were able to live your life, did any of that change as a result of your relationship with the Lord deepening? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) I realized in high school, I was very boy crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, I just really remember in high school having this desire to be loved. Like, I just wanted to be loved and I wanted to feel so special. And in my mind, because I didn't know God as well as I should have at that point, I was looking for that love, kind of in all the wrong places of looking at poor guys or trying to impress guys and you know I straightened my hair every single day freshman year of high school because I wanted to look pretty so a guy would notice me and kind Did of you get that like straw look where you start to get a little bit of that straw like you know those like oh like when your hair starts burning like, off like right and you can just smell it every morning when you're just like no, but I do know at the time I had wavy hair I have stick straight hair now I don't even straighten oh, my hair it's okay. just stick straight now but at the time um it was kind of wavy and I definitely don't think I got to all the roots in the back of my hair so there was definitely some like (laughs) throughout my hair and then it was like straight so it didn't look good which is kind of funny because probably did the adverse effect of what you wanted to do um but after that retreat I knew that uh, I didn't need to look to other people mm-hmm. for the love that I was yearning for, that it was through God that that love was fulfilled mm-hmm. and found. And it's kind of like that little piece of my heart, like the the puzzle piece just clicked for me of, oh, I don't need to keep searching for guys because I already have the one being that matters, and that's my father. No, mm-hmm. that's beautiful. Did that change any of your friendships as well, like any of the current friendships you had in high school, or... Like, did that leave you wanting more out of your friendships? Oh, I don't know if I can remember ever realizing that in high school. Mm -hmm. 
I know at my high school it was really clicky too, so I feel mm. like the whole time I was just trying to hold on to the friends that I did have. Yeah. And it was a it was a big school but a small school. I mean, I graduated with 125 students, which sounds like a lot, but when you go to school with them since starting from preschool all right. the way until you're a senior in high school, you just know everybody. You know everybody ends. and no one really yeah. changes friend groups and I remember that being a struggle for me. So maybe there was something of you know, I you always want friendships and you want to grow in relationship mm-hmm. with people. But one of my really good friends in high school actually went on the Kairos retreat with me. And then oh, we wow. both led it uh, our senior year of high school after that experience. So I think for us, we both knew that our our foundation was in our faith. And I know that her family was very Catholic as well. So I don't know if it necessarily changed uh, from that aspect. But I know we would talk about our relationship with God Somewhat often, especially for high schoolers. No, that's but, good. You know, it can be hard in high school. Yeah. To like, yeah. Yeah, and I even remember in high school being labeled as, like, the Jesus girl, which is oh, funny because no. I went to a Catholic school. Like, why should I have been labeled yeah. as a Jesus girl? There, There's like, no reason, you know? Like, yeah. I, it was just because I was more vocal about my faith, and I, I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast. I think I've told you this, but I remember there being once where I was talking to somebody in my class that I was, like, somewhat friends with, and he, we were, like, talking about, you know, my TikTok and, like, my faith and, mm-hmm. and little bits and pieces. And he goes, well, you know people make fun of you, right? And I was like, <laughs> at first I was like, oh, okay. like, great. Thank you. Like, Thank you for that. That's what every 16-year-old girl wants to hear. Right, right. Um, but, and then especially, like, when it's about your faith, you're like, oh, great, that makes me want to do it even more now. Yeah, it was very personal. Well, then yeah. I thought about it, too. I was like, well, what else am I going to be known for? Like, you're right. going to walk out of high school, probably not going to keep in contact with most of those people. I, I mean, I'm not in contact with, like, anyone from my high school. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but even then, you're walking out of those doors like after you graduate you're going to be remembered for something or something that you said something that you did and what better thing to be remembered by than my faith even if it wasn't a way that they made fun of it in the moment maybe there was some seeds planted Mm -hmm. for the future when I don't see that come to fruition all right so before we get to before we get to kind of like college aged Eve I want to ask just about like because I know you have a past in kind of the beauty pageant industry and I know (laughs) that like that was like it sounds like there were a lot of really formative great things for you about be like being in that but was there any kind of like what relationship do you think existed between the beauty pageant industry and then like you coming into your faith and did you feel like there were any parts of that that kind of like that kind of changed not in not like the industry itself but like in the way that you viewed yourself as a person with your worth because I know it can be like a very uh it can it can be kind of you know you're just your person is on display as like a competitor Mm -hmm. and like how does self-worth meet competitor especially when it's you know competitor in terms of like beauty and talent you know yeah oh okay that's a good question. I don't know if I, I've ever really made the connection between my faith and my experience in the Miss America organization. So for those of you who don't know, I was Miss Wisconsin's Teen 2021 and had competed in the Miss America Scholarship Organization for five years, I think, before that in their teen organization. 
and I really enjoyed my experience in it. I feel like I learned a lot and I learned a lot about how to market my ideas and talk about things that I was passionate about. In fact, when I won Miss Wisconsin's Outstanding Teen, I um, my whole interview for that competition was about my faith. Like, they asked me pretty consistently about my faith in every question, and I was just fortunate enough to have a panel of judges that were also at least some level of, like, Christianity, even if it wasn't Catholicism. They were receptive to what you had to say about your passion. That's so cool. Right, which was really neat, and I felt like I walked out of that room being like that was a total God thing, Mm -hmm. that I just got to talk about my faith. But even in the interview, like, practice interviews that I would do, I had on my resume that I wanted to study theology when I got to high school. So it it was no, like, I I never tried to hide my faith. There Mm -hmm. were things on my resume about my faith. And I would get asked in some interviews about, like, would you ever bring up your faith on an appearance that you're doing as Miss Wisconsin? Or when you're up on stage, will you talk about your faith? And for me, if I was asked about my faith, I'm not going to shy away from it. But my faith should be evident in every single thing that I do. So even though it was, um, it wasn't quite a beauty pageant, that is an aspect of it. I like to think of it more of showcasing my interview skills and the community service that I've done because that's more of a part of the Miss America organization than anything else. See, that's so cool because even that just shows, like, kind of a misconception. Like, I had always had a misconception about the uh, the Miss America Foundation that it was just much more about, like, the beauty pageant element. And then you think about, like, the talent element, but you don't really think so much about, like, you know, the skills as an orator that you get or the ability to market your brand or to do community service. So that's so cool that you're able to bring that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and even then it was, you know, doing community events and Mm -hmm. I was able to obtain scholarships for college. It wasn't some toddlers and tiaras thing. I was able to pay for a semester at Benedictine College because of the Miss America organization. And I wouldn't, you know, I've been able to pay that semester without those scholarships. Um, but, I mean, it is it is difficult because there is some element of beauty. I mean, there's a fitness portion. There's not swimsuit. Don't worry. <laughs> um, but there is an element of fitness. And I think the, the way that I've always tried to view my body is that as a woman, we're meant to be beautiful. And that's not something that we should shy away from. And anything that we can do to honor our bodies and honor the beauty that God has given us, like Mm -hmm. we should take the opportunity to to do. So even now, one of the aspects of the Miss America organization is always being presentable and knowing what to wear. Like I know exactly what colors look good on my skin tone, you know, like little things like that. But all of those things I view as a way to adorn the body that God has given me. And instead of like a vanity way, it's more of you know, God has given me this one body. He's created it so intentionally. So I'm going to use it in the best way that I know how. So, you know, dressing modestly, wearing dresses, trying not to wear my pajamas to class, Mm -hmm. you know, wearing something a little bit nicer so that I'm presentable and also just honoring God through what I'm doing. Interrupting myself for a second here. Because if you want to grow in confidence and faith, I have a really exciting opportunity for you. The Everyday Saint has released a lifestyle brand and apologetics training. 
I've turned my paintings into really cute sweatshirts, mugs, journals, and other products of our saints and Our Lady and other devotions for you to purchase at www.theeverydaysaint.com. But when you purchase from The Everyday Saint, you're not just purchasing your new favorite sweatshirt or journal to bring with you to adoration. You're also purchasing an apologetics training so that when you're asked about that product in the real world, when someone says something like, I like your sweatshirt, you know how to explain that devotion to other people. So you're acting as a conversion and conversation initiator through purchasing from The Everyday Saint and have confidence that you can explain that product to other people so that they too can learn about Christ and his love for them. Check out The Everyday Saint at www.theeverydaysaint.com. And I love that because that's such like, it's almost to like bring in, not to bring in Aristotle or anything, but like (laughs) that idea of like all things being good in moderation, Mm -hmm. like not falling to one side of like total vanity, but also not falling to the side of like total abandonment of the body, like out of some, you know, idea that somehow you're like, oh, like, like, you know, the spirit good, body bad mm-hmm. type type mm-hmm. thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a term for it. I can't remember the term, but even then, yeah. you know, it's like when you put on a pretty outfit for the day, it's not because you're trying to have all eyes on you. The intent of wearing a, a nice outfit for the day should be I'm honoring God in all that I do. And that involves, you know, adorning my body with good and beautiful things. That's so cool, and I think that's something that, like, a lot of girls our age could could use or, like, to hear, you know? I think that's mm-hmm. something that we all could could benefit from hearing because it's, like, it's not just, it's, I think we lose the idea that our bodies are good. Mm-hmm. I think it's really hard to maintain that, and then, and then we, we add this idea, like, once we start to grow in our faith, a lot of us start to think more about the way we dress and about, like, modesty. And I think often we kind of, we kind of lose that sense of like our bodies being good and our bodies being, like you said, intentionally made by God, Mm -hmm. you know? So what do you have to say about that? Because I, I've heard you talk about modesty before and I would love to hear kind of more your thoughts on like what modesty is and how that has played a role in your life as you've, as you've changed, not changed, but as you've developed your relationship with God. I think a lot of what is rooted in modesty is, I, th- I think you're more comfortable when you're modest. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, when I'm dressing modestly, I'm focusing less on my body and I can focus more on other things. Because, mm-hmm. you know, like if you're wearing something that's immodest, it's like, if you're wearing a crop top, for example, and you sit down, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, how does my stomach look right now? Yeah. And I think a, a lot of modesty is, it's a sense of humility almost because, you know, humility is like thinking of yourself less. And if you're just right, thinking honestly, you're thinking of yourself. Of yourself right, yeah. right. And you'd be thinking of yourself more through modesty. But also I look at, you know, like a woman's body and it is beautifully designed to give life. Mm-hmm. Like the things of your body are not meant to be shown off. They're meant to be something that is prized and beautiful and meant to eventually bear life. So mm-hmm. it's it's disordered to view those things in an objectifying way because it's meant to be something that turns into like the greatest act of love. And right, the greatest so they're, act they're of self-sacrifice. like assets 
of yourself, not things that you can like sell visually. Yes. Is what you're saying. Okay. Yes. How would you, how would you kind of define modesty as such? Because I know it's really hard to like, like to, if you're starting out in this, it's really hard to like, you know, especially someone who loves shopping, like to just go (laughs) shopping and being like, oh my gosh, how do I figure out? Like, how do you, how would you define that? I think, like, when it, when I'm picking out an outfit in the morning, it's yeah. kind of like if you have any question about if it's modest, it's probably not modest. Okay. And also, I kind of think to myself, like, if Jesus saw me right now, would, like, what would I think of him wearing this outfit? You know, like, if, if I were to somehow end up in heaven right this second wearing this outfit, would I feel comfortable standing in front of the Lord in this outfit? Mm-hmm. And I think that is a good barometer of, like, oh, my dress is a little too short, I shouldn't wear, like, if God were to see me in this outfit, I don't want him to think my dress is too short, because you're trying to give him all honor and reverence. So for you, it's more of an intuition thing than a strict, like, like, hemline this length, like, you know, I don't know. I think so, because it's hard to say a definite thing for everybody, because everybody's bodies are created so uniquely that mm-hmm. something that looks immodest on one person isn't going to look immodest on another person. So it's kind of hard to give it an exact barometer mm-hmm. for that. And I mean, there's there's kind of like, I don't want to say give and take with some outfits because it's not, like you shouldn't view an outfit as right, such. Right, but it's like but, women aren't one size fits all, so right. you're not going to be able to. Right, I mean, there's certain there's certain things like crop tops, um, things that you, you know, you can see parts of a woman's body that should be concealed. And there's definitely some barometers of, like, a definite one and done that that is a one-size-fits-all. Like, you shouldn't be wearing shorts that I can see your butt cheeks in. Right, right. <laughs> you know? Like, but I think, like, an exact hemline seam and, you know, I, I don't yeah. think that's quite right to no, put and that I think exact that's, barometer. I think that's because, like... I think it's so easy for our society to view modesty as, like, a dress code when in reality it's a virtue. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you think about that idea? That it's, like, like where is modesty based? Is it based in, like, do you get what I'm saying? Like, the virtue, like, is it based in a disposition of the heart reflected on the body? That's or, exactly okay. what I was just about to say, actually. Yeah, the... Yeah. <laughs> I've been getting a lot I think I was, I was talking to you about this mm-hmm. earlier this morning but I posted a video of a that's kind of why Sunday, I wanted to talk about yes, it yeah. I posted a video of what I wore to Sunday mass mm-hmm. and my shoulders were showing in the video and I'm getting so much hate about my shoulders <laughs> showing um because I'm also right, and then feeling. it was like it was a cute it was a cute like didn't quite hit your knees, but it was, that was a plenty long skirt. Like, I could genuflect in it. Right. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> I could kneel comfortably. Um, so. It passed the fit check. Yes, yeah. yes. And granted, I mean, I did like a little spin in the video, so I'm wondering if that's part of the reason people are like commenting that it was immodest, because when you spin, it goes up a little higher. Yeah, but I watched the, I watched the video. <laughs> it was very, it was a very tasteful, I, cute little mask okay, outfit. Okay, thank you. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate that. But. For me, I'm seeing all these comments come through and people calling me a hypocrite yeah. about posting about my faith and then showing my shoulders. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a little uncomfortable when, you know, grown men are commenting about the length of your skirt 
and yeah. your shoulders showing. But every time I read these comments, it's like modesty is not... Like, a lot of people are quoting something from, I think, Pope Paul... The sixth? Sixth, Was it the I sixth? think. And I think... I don't know the exact... I haven't looked into it too much, but I think they're referring to Marian modesty, which is a specific piety where, like, your, like your sleeves are meant to go to your elbow, the collarbone should not be showing, basically. All dress should go past the knee. And why is that? Do you know? I think it's just a form of Marian modesty for lay people, I believe. I don't know a whole lot about it, so I can't speak exactly. Okay. Okay. But a lot of people are quoting that in the comments of, like, that's what modesty is. And it's kind of as you, as you were saying, modesty for me is an exterior disposition of an interior reality within my heart. Yeah. And that's also a reality that kind of harkens back to what you were talking about earlier, like a disposition of humility too, where you're like not, where it's not to bring focus to self. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I almost think like if you're going out of your way to like unnecessarily, especially to like tell other women, this is how they should be dressing. You know, I feel like that's almost like turning the focus back in on the self. So it's right. like you might be asking that you might be telling them, oh, you should be wearing longer clothes and you should be wearing like X, Y, and Z. But it's like it's not coming from the heart disposition, you know? Right. And I think, too, with having like really strong Catholic friendships, too, like you are all watching out for each other's hearts and trying to help each other grow to yeah. holiness. And I feel like I have friends who are going to help me like strive in this virtue of modesty mm-hmm. because it's something that we're always practicing and you know, girls put a lot of pride and, like, confidence into their outfits, but, again, it goes back to, like, I feel, I feel most like a daughter of God when I'm dressing modestly, yeah. and anytime that we can feel that within our hearts, I feel like we are more inclined to embrace our femininity, and I was even re- reading Proverbs 31 um, the other day of, like, what, uh, what is, what is a, what's the, um, the title it's something about you know like what is a woman basically that's a whole nother what, talk. what is a woman <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's not get into that yes. existential question <laughs> yeah <laughs> but reading that it's like all about service and she you know is someone who finds her strength in the lord and all of these things you know it didn't mention a specific verse about modesty but it's all about you know, like, what ways can we best serve God? And, you know, in my mind, I picture being a mom someday with a, mm-hmm. a dress on and an apron and cooking for my, my kids and embracing what God has given us and the gift of our bodies because our bodies are not something that are working against us but a gift from God and something Absolutely. that should be honored. 